the devil will not silence the voice of the church ever. Amen. Jesus says he'll build his church and the gates of hell will not, will never prevail against it. Do you believe that? I said, do you believe that? Pen and paper ready. I want to preach on something today. I'm going to, I'm going to preach out of three verses. And um, I want to speak to you about overcoming faith. And uh, there's a reason I want to say this. You know, as you are looking uh, around the world, what's going on at the moment, people need faith. There's so much fear. If you go on social media, it's fear. You put on your television, it's fear. Who knows what I'm talking about? Everything is fear. You speak to people, it's negativity. I, I can't deal with negative and negative people and negativity every day of my life. I can't deal with that. I'm a positive guy. I'm a faith man. I said, I'm a faith man. And I, I thrive on faith. I thrive on the Word of God. And this is what we need. We need the Word of God because the Scripture teaches us that faith comes. I said, faith comes. Faith comes. It's not supposed to stay. Faith doesn't come because you've heard God once. Faith comes. It continuously comes. And I want to, I want to preach on a verse and I want, to, I want to do both. I want to teach and preach a little bit today. And there's five things that I want to speak about. I want to speak about the value of faith. Write that down. The value of faith, the vision of faith, the voice of faith, the vitality of faith, and the victory of faith. And I want you to, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention three verses. You can put your finger on all three of them if you like. Um, Matthew 9, 9, verse 18 to 22. And then Mark chapter 5, 25 and verse 34. And then Luke 8, uh, verse 43 up to verse 44. And I'm going to teach you on a woman that had an issue of blood. And she had this issue of blood for 12 years. And everything is possible with faith. Now, I want you to get your fingers there, and I want you just to pay close attention, just to a quick announcement. Please understand and remember, church starts at 10, so we lock the gates at 10. If you are not here at 10, you're going to miss the service. Then you're going to have to wait for you next week. You know, when you, when you go to your work, and your work starts at 8, and you get there at 8.30, you get a warning. Most people go to their jobs on time. So let's keep church on time. Because we respect the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I know a lot of people drive from far, but then get in your car just half an hour earlier. As we do. I drive from Johannesburg, but I'm here on time. Okay, so please just, just house rules, okay? God bless you. All right, so I want to I wanna deal on this subject. And I want to I speak to people because I believe that anything is possible with faith. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with some truth today that God is not pleased with your righteous living. Let me say that again. God is not pleased with your righteous living because all of your righteousness, according to the word of God, is like filthy rags in his presence. I want to say this and I want to throw this out free of charge that self-righteousness is worse than unrighteousness. Too many people is self-righteous. And let me just say this, those who believe that are the church are also the self-righteous bunch. So many people, you know, we're living in crazy times. I don't wear, if you, if you see me during the week, I wear black most of the times. And it's not because I look on the inside, I'm dark. It's because I like black. And it makes you more like. Amen. I check all the people wearing black. I'm not looking at you wearing black and say, yes, no, no, no. If you like black, you like black. If I walk here with red shoes, it's not because I feel red. No, I like red shoes. So self-righteousness says, touch not. Taste not. Anything that you do, it's the devil. They try to see the devil in everything. Amen? You drink too much coffee, oh, it's the devil. So I like wearing black. It's not because I'm depressed or possessed. It's just because I like the color black. And then sometimes I want to be weird and then I'll, I'll have something blue or gray. And when I have, I'm blue, today I'm blue. It's not I'm blue, it's not that blue. It's, it's not because I'm blue or I just like blue. But the self-righteous will say there's something wrong. But let me just say this, that God loves holy living, but God's not pleased through your righteousness because you have not been saved through your own works, but you have been saved through grace. 
Hallelujah. I said, you have been saved through grace because there's all the righteousness in you is full rag. So there's one thing that God pleased at and he's pleased at your faith. There's only one thing that moves God. It's not your need. It's, it's not your, even your seat. It's your faith in God. I'm speaking to somebody in this place. God is moved by faith. How many times have you heard me say, you know, it's impossible for us to call ourselves faith city, but there's no faith in the place. This is why I want to speak to you on these things because it's very, very important. Now, let's, let's read this together in the book of Mark chapter 5. I'll read Mark and then I'll quote the rest. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Do we have it on the screen? There we go. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. Say 12 years. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him. Please say behind him. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I will be made whole. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around into the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now let's go back to, to the first verse, please, if you don't mind. Now, I want you to look at me quickly. This woman had an issue of blood for 12 years. And the scripture says in that day, Jesus was what Jesus doing. Now, I, I, let me just quickly go back to something that I want to say. I believe that Jesus Christ is no respecter of man. I believe that he still heals yesterday, today, forevermore. He will never change that. A lot of people say, well, they don't believe in healing, but they believe in salvation. So if you don't believe in, in healing, why do you believe in salvation? Because it's impossible to, to preach salvation and not healing. Don't, come on, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. This is, the, this is a fact. People say, well, do you believe that Jesus heals? Yes, I do. So why is there sick people around you? Well, do you believe Jesus is safe? So why do you do this? So many sinners. Am I speaking to somebody? People ask the question, if you believe, if you believe Jesus still heals, why is there so many sick people? Then I respond by saying, do you believe Jesus saves? Yes, so why is there so many sinners? He's a healer in spite of whether you receive your healing or not. You see, a lot of people don't receive him as a, a savior. This is why they are still sinners. But so many people don't receive him as healer. This is why they're still sick. Come on, I'm speaking to you. There's only one thing that pleases God, and that is his faith. I'm going to touch on the value of faith. And this is, and I'm teaching you, this is the reason why a lot of people don't get healed, don't get financial breakthroughs, is because there's no value to faith. The Bible says this woman, it costs us something. Faith will always cost you something. The, the Bible teaches us she spent all her money on doctors, everything. She had no more hope. And then she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. You see, you have to understand that faith, if faith doesn't cost you, if it's not faith. This woman placed a value on her faith. God places a value on faith so much so that he says, it's impossible to please God without faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a value to faith. So many people think faith is a saying, but faith is not just a saying, there's a value to your faith. I'm speaking to somebody in this house that needs faith. You have to place a value to your faith. Faith is not cheap. Most of the times, faith will cost you. And it costs you right in the storm. Take note, this woman was battling the sickness alone. She did not have friends. She did not have family. It cost her something. And your faith will always cost you something. There's a value to faith. Faith is not cheap. Come on, you better hear me right now. There's somebody in your face that has paid a price of faith so that you can sit under the word of God and just receive it. There's value. There must be a value to your faith. It will cost you. What will it cost you? It will cost you to lay aside your pride. 
I'm going to get up and I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. I'm telling you today, if I speak to you on faith, it's not about a, a church denomination. It's got nothing to do with a church building. I was burying my father-in-law on Monday and I told the people the same thing. I said salvation comes through one and his name is Jesus. It's got nothing to do with the church. The church does not save you. Faith City does not save you. You must have a personal, my God, relationship with the King of Glory. It's not about the building this morning. It's about that there's a value of faith. The value is so big that the Bible says that when you receive Jesus Christ in your heart, you must believe in your heart. Think about what I'm telling you now. Faith got such value that it can even take people to heaven or send them to hell. Because saying the sinner's prayer does not get you saved. It's believing in your heart. When you believe in your heart, the scripture says from the abundance of a man's heart, his mouth will speak. When somebody is saved, you don't know they're saved because they just told you they're saved. You know they're saved from what comes from within. They speak life. They declare the word of God with boldness. They do the impossible. I'm speaking to the saved ones. Those who's not saved, I'll get to you. I'm speaking to those who's saved. That knows that you know that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you carry the substance of God on the inside of you. And whenever you declare by faith, whatever you say by faith, without doubting in your heart, you will have what you've declared. Why? Because you have God's faith on the inside. A lot of people don't get the healing. The reason why they don't get the healing is because they place no value on faith. Faith is key, people. This woman's made up her mind, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. Let me just quickly say this to you. Nobody prayed for this woman. Nobody took out the anointing oil to anoint her. Read the Bible. She didn't say, well, if he doesn't pray for me today, I'm done with this church. He didn't pray for her. He didn't anoint her. Ooh, I'm getting somewhere. Today's people, McDonald's driver. We'll get to the base of the brain. He'll pray for us, and then next week we go back to our lives, our old churches. I have to, I have to keep myself calm this morning because sometimes I think, I think too much. We get phone calls every week. You must pray for me now. Oh, where's your church? No, no, we've got our church. Now, why don't they pray for you? You support them every week? Oh, it's quiet now. Oh, we need deliverance. Really? So why do you still sit in that church where there's no deliverance? Let them pray for you. One guy said, the one guy told him, you know, he said, no, he asked me for prayer before, but I'm asking for money. I said, you flying dog, you. How many of you, be honest before God, because what you say now, you'll have to stand and give accountability. How many of you have I charged money to pray for? How many people have I charged money to bury from this church? How many people have we charged money to stand in hospital rooms and pray for the sick? Lying dogs. Oh, come on, somebody. This woman, nobody prayed for this woman. Nobody laid a hand on this woman. She placed value on faith and she said, if I can get off my blessed assurance, get out of my pity party and get to him. If I get close enough, my God, if I get close enough to him, faith will not show me a way. He must heal me. He must do what his word says he will do. If I can just get, not if the church is full, I'll get back next week. She placed a value on faith. And she said, if I can get close to him, I know this body shall come in alignment with the word of God. Hallelujah. Come on, tell your neighbor, if I can just get close enough. If I can just get close enough. Please shout value. This is the reason why people don't get healed. Because there's no value on their faith. She didn't wait for somebody to anoint her. She did not wait for the elders of the church to call her in. She did not wait for a prayer card. She was just moved and said to herself, if I can touch him, everything is different. If I get close enough, everything is changed. Value of faith. There must be value that you put on faith. Shout glory. 
Number two, the vision of faith. This is what the, the scripture teaches. Everybody was thronging around Jesus. So everybody was pushing him. Everybody was touching him. Please pay close attention. The vision of faith. Your faith must have vision. The Bible says this woman, and let me just tell you this. Look at me quickly. There's not one scripture in this word, not one, that is there for no reason. Every single word, every single verse has been placed there through the Holy Spirit. There's a reason why the scripture says this woman came from behind him and touched him. There's a reason why she didn't come from the front to touch him. There's people that were standing around Jesus that saw him that did not get the healing. Because they needed to see, to believe. This woman says, I'm sneaking up from the back because my Bible teaches me, if I believe, I shall see the glory of God. Those around Jesus, they saw him, but they did not believe. This is why the Bible teaches us in the book of Hebrews, it teaches us that faith is the unseen. Anything that you can see does not require faith. This is why the scripture says everything that is seen has been created through the unseen. Faith is unseen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You better know this, that when you have faith or the vision of faith, you don't see like normal people see. You see the healing even before your body feels it. You see the breakthrough even in the, even in the midst of turmoil. You see already where you are going. That's what the vision of faith does. The vision of faith. And this is why I'm telling you, you don't need anybody to tell you. Listen, don't wait for your brother to say Jesus will heal you. You have to get off your God and walk and say, in the name of Jesus, my faith is different. My vision of faith is different. So many people look at their bank accounts and they say, we're done. God's not interested in what you have in your bank. He's interested in what you have in your heart. From the heart, we believe. Am I speaking to you? Everybody's touching him. He didn't stop. He didn't say, somebody touched me. But this woman made up her mind. I'm coming from behind. Because faith is the unseen. I want to go a little bit deeper. She didn't see his face. She didn't say, oh, oh okay, Tim. Faith don't need to see. Faith, the vision of faith already has the end result. Because every time you're walking in faith, there's victory. Am I speaking to you? When God gives me a vision, I don't, know, I don't care about the provision. That's not my job. My job is to operate through faith. Faith operates through a realm and a dimension that's not seen. Come on, am I speaking to you? So, so faith can see basically what nobody else can see. I love this. When this woman touched him, everybody touched that day. He didn't stand still for anybody. When this woman touched him, he stood still. He said, hang on now, who touched me? Because now suddenly he felt power. My life, my, I must live a life in such a way that every time I pray that heaven knows I've touched it. Come on, Jesus must stand still and say, he touched me. This is the difference between me and most people here. I'm willing to touch. I'm willing to go through the crowd and say, I have a vision. My God, nothing will stop me, even if I don't see his face. Brother Boston, can you guys come and help me here on the stage? Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. One thing that I've learned about faith, if faith is dead, it's dead. But you can hear faith, you can smell faith, you can see faith. I see faith there in the back. I see people grabbing a hold of the word of God. Don't let the enemy steal your faith this morning. She didn't wait for her brothers to say, maybe he can heal you. She made up her mind. If I can get close enough, my God shall supply all of my needs. All of my needs. I don't have to see his face when I touch him. I know that I know that I know. His word says, by his stripes, I am healed. 
And I don't care. You might say, Vincent, I don't feel healed. It's not about feelings. It's about faith. And you know that you know that you know. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. I love this woman's faith. Everybody thinks they're going to, oh, hello, Jesus. Desperation. Her faith had vision. She knew that I'm not coming to him and leaving empty-handed. The reason why people's faith is not working is because there's no vision. This is why Jesus says, whatsoever you shall ask, believing that you receive it. What does it mean? Believing. So in other words, you've already saw it. It shall be yours. Whatsoever. I'm a, I'm a whosoever asking for a whatsoever. And he says, whatsoever you shall ask. How many people believe that? Well, maybe God didn't mean that. That's exactly what he says in his word. If people can have so much faith as they have in doubt, because let me tell you, doubt is also faith. It's faith in the wrong thing. Faith in the wrong direction. So I'm going to take you a little bit back. This woman, issue of blood, 12 years. She had, uh, you, can, you can just play in the background. Thank you, guys. She had placed value on her faith. It's going to cost her something. It will always cost you. In other words, I'm sick. Come to my house. Uh-uh. You're going to stay sick. You're going to put a value to your faith. There's no desperation. Am I speaking to you? There's only one instance in the Bible where Jesus said, I'll come to your house to heal him. But because Jesus already knew what he's going to say. Don't come to my house. Speak the word. Peter's mother-in-law was a different scenario. I'm talking to you about, um, not, not forget the inner circle. Just the people around him that was sick came to him. There was a value. Number two, she didn't see his face. She said, if I can get close enough. <laughs> if I can just get close enough. I said, if I can just get close enough to the anointing. I don't know. I'm going to wait for the elders. I'm not going to wait for nobody. I'm going to do something. Because my faith has a vision. I know when I touch him, my life that I'm living now, I'll never live again. I'll be, I'll be a new man. Come on, I'll be healed from my head to the soles of my feet. Am I speaking to you? Number three, the voice of faith. And I want to read this to you from the book of Matthew 9 and 21. Can we put it on the screen? Matthew 9 verse 21. Speak to you on the voice of faith. For she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment... I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around and when he saw, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. I'm going to say something crazy today. But this woman said, To who did she say, If I can just touch the name of his garment, I'll be made well? To who? To herself. She encouraged herself. It's quiet again. The dumbest thing that people do is when they're going through this, they get on the phone. And they speak to people and people are negative. And when you, when, before you can say amen, hallelujah, you're suicidal. She told herself, she said to in herself, don't share, people of God, don't share your dream with people who does not have a bigger dream than you. I tell my children that often, don't share your dreams with people who has nothing. The reason why they have nothing is because there's no dream. There's no vision. There's no faith. She said into herself, and this is what she, the scripture says. He turned to her, he said, woman, be of good cheer. Faith has a voice. Why do you think the Bible teaches us this? Call the things that is not, though they are. What does it mean to call it? It means you have to speak it with the mouth, with the mouth. We believe in our hearts, but we confess it with our mouths. You have to confess what you believe. You have to. This is why people are double-minded. I hear so many people believe God for, say for instance, financial breakthrough, and then say, I can't afford it. You just cursed it. Oh, it's too expensive. God didn't ask you, is it too expensive? I said, my Bible teaches me in the book of Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. What does it mean to delight myself in the Lord? To delight myself in the Lord means to please God. 
if I please Him, He gives me my desires, not my needs. I need food, I need clothing, I need shelter. But He says He supply all my needs. Now He says if I delight myself in Him, He will give me a cup that will overflow. He will bless me in the presence of my enemies. I will have no lack. I have been young. I have been old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his descendants begging for bread. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hallelujah. He will open up the good measure from heaven and pour out the blessing upon you. I'm not done. He says, I'll bless you in your coming and in your going. Blessed are you in the city and blessed are you in the field. Blessed are you when you're sitting down and blessed are you when you're standing up. Come on, we serve Jehovah Jireh. You declare it with your word. You don't like the world that you live in? Change your tongue. We create our worlds. Come on, I'm speaking to somebody. Faith has a voice. Doesn't matter what's going on. You tell yourself, God is for me. Who can be against me? Come on, if you believe that, lift those hands as glory. Tinas, can you get me a cup in the kitchen? Five has a voice. Say, five has a voice. Come on, say, five has a voice. She did not wait for the elders to encounter. She said to herself, if God says that over my life, I believe it. I don't care what the tear committee says. I don't care what the haters, the spectators, or the writers say. I know what God's word says. He says that I know what I've planned for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. My future is secure. Am I speaking to somebody? I see a couple of people there, they're busy fishing. Some of you receiving the word, don't let Satan rob the word from your heart this morning. I hope it's going to help. Oh my mic. To the world, this is waste. To God, this is abundant. You might see a the cup overflow, people will say, oh, it's waste. But God says, that's overflow. That's what I planned for you. Plans to overflow you. Hallelujah. Nothing is waste for God. God does not give you a cup full. He gives you an overflow. But your mouth must be attached to your heart. You must declare the word of God. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm healed, I'm redeemed, I'm sanctified, I'm Holy Ghost filled. You declare the word of God. Stop telling your husband he's on the And declare the word of God in him. Speak faith. I said, speak faith. You change your scenery by changing your sound. Change what you say. Change what you confess. I said, change what you confess. Change what you confess. Change what you confess. If your body feels a symptom, what did you say? What do you say? I'm sick. Change. Your voice of faith must be attached to your heart. You don't give a symptom, a rule, and a, a reign in your life. You tell that body what God has created it to be body with long life will he satisfy you come on my eyes will be when I'm 80 years old like I was 40 he will renew my youth hallelujah I said he will renew my youth with long life will he satisfy me oh death where is thy sting I don't know about you I know that I know that I know if I can just get close enough if I can just get close enough everything will be different if I can just get close enough, if I can just get up, 
touch the hem of that garment. I don't need him to see me. I can just see his backside. It's enough for me to believe that all things are possible. Only believe. I want to say this until you get this. All things are possible. Only believe. Shout hallelujah. Then the vitality of faith, very important one. I want to read from Mark chapter 5, 27. Mark chapter 5, verse 27. Vitality of faith. You see, faith doesn't come to lazy people. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd, touched his garment. For she said, if I only touch, may touch the, his clothes, I should be made well. What, do, what does it mean, vitality of faith? It means that healing doesn't come when you're in your seat. You must get out of your seat, move, vitality. There's a vitality to faith that broke open the roofs. That's what happened in the Bible. They broke open the roof. So many people sit at home. If he doesn't come by my house today, well, then I'll just have the sickness. That's no vitality to faith. This woman made up her mind, if I get up, this is why a lot of people miss the healing. I'm going to say a little bit further. This is why we're not supposed to pull people out of wheelchairs. Jesus, Jesus did not heal anybody until he told him something. Get up, take your bed and walk. Vitality of faith. They had to move themselves. You, you don't get that. When he said, get up, what did that guy do? He got up. That's the vitality of faith. To put faith in action, it means you can't just sit on your blessed assurance. You must do something which other people don't want to do. Get up, take your bed and walk. Yes, Lord. There goes the healing. Silver and gold have we none, but such as we have, we give you in the name of Jesus, rise and be healed. I saw many people in wheelchairs that I prayed for. You want to get up? Um, well, I've been sitting so long. I promise you. Then with my passion for the gospel, I would pull them. Say, come on. And then they walk. And they, okay, come on, come on. Come on, come on. And then sometimes, do you believe God can heal you? Yes. All right, church, you know what God's going to do now? Bang! The person jumps up and runs. Vitality of faith. This woman would not have been healed. We've not, we've not read this story. If she sat at her home and felt sorry for herself, she made up her mind, if I can get out there. She couldn't walk. Great. She could crawl. By the way, this is the greatest position for a miracle. On her knees. On her knees. Say with me, vitality of faith. So faith doesn't come to lazy people. It comes to people that puts faith to work. That's working faith. Working faith becomes great faith. This is why the Bible doesn't speak about the waiting of miracles. He speaks about the working of miracles. You have to work that miracle. And how do you work it? You operate it through faith of God. That's how you operate it. How, how is it possible for you to walk in faith? Um, I promise you this. You can write this down. I know this. There's step one, two, three, four, five on the internet. But the, the greatest way for me to teach you on how to walk in that supernatural gift of faith is to get closer to Jesus. Because the closer you get to Him, the bigger the peace is. And faith comes with supernatural peace. Every time I do stuff and there's a peace of God that surpasses all understanding, my natural eyes tells me you're crazy you will not be able to do it but there's a peace that backs me up that peace is not an atmosphere it's a person his name is Jesus Christ the Prince of Peace and the closer you get listen the church has made it so difficult for people to exercise and understand the gifts the gifts come through spending time with the giver of the gifts the more time you spend with him the more his life will overflow from yours hallelujah do you get this? The more time you spend with Him, the more His life overflows through yours. This is why you don't have to tell people, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. No, they will know it. 
They will see it. They will smell it. Let me tell you the first thing that God has done for me when I was born again. The first thing is this thing, my mind. I had a mind renewal. I can tell you for sure who I know for a fact. If you know Vaisal Dubrain personally, Five City, I'm shy. I'm an introvert. For me to do what I'm doing now, it's not me. When I got born again, he changed me. I said, he changed me. When the anointing is gone, I'm quiet. Trust me, he does the talking. I'm quiet. I'm an introvert. But when the anointing comes upon me, when that prince of peace becomes more real than life itself, I don't care who thinks what. Because I'm, uh, listen to me now, I'm not preaching to you. I'm in service of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I represent Him on this earth. This is why I'm telling you today that, that that very thing that you're struggling with is drying up right now in the name of Jesus Christ. That sickness and disease is coming to an end right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, that struggle comes to an end right now. If you can just get closer enough everything will be different come on in the name of Jesus I command that attack upon your life you cease now in Jesus name that worry that burden that fear we break it we break it by the power of the Holy Ghost come on do you believe that you are free in this place this morning come on if you believe that jump to your feet put those hands together and give Jesus crazy praise in this place Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. I said, Praise God. May take your seat for a second. Vitality of faith. Faith must be working. You know what the problem is with most people? They believe God can, but they never put it to action. If you believe, how many of you believe God can? Why don't you work it? That's a question. Well, God can provide, so why isn't He? Oh, God can heal, so why are you sick? Because you have never put it to work. You, the lazy Christian, the passive Christian. I'm, I'm preaching to you. Passive Christianity. It brings you nowhere. When I got saved, I got saved. Let me just say this to all the men out there. Real men cry. Let me say that one more time. Real men cry. I'm not crying because I'm weak. People, people miss, miss that. You don't cry because you're weak. You cry because you know that you've received unmerited grace by a I was supposed to be dead but because of His grace I am what I am when I gave my life to Jesus everything changed in me everything when I gave my life to Jesus automatically I wanted to be a better husband for my wife I wanted to be a better father a better son a better preacher because when Jesus my God if you come close enough He'll change you upside down. I'm asking you the question, why did the crowds push him? And he did not stand still for anybody. But one woman came from behind. This is why many are called, but few are chosen. Many sit in this crowd, and some of you think it's just a nice message. But some of you would receive a miracle from God that will turn your life upside down. Because it's not just a word you've received from God. You've touched Him. You've come close enough. You know why God uses me? Because I came close enough. I came close enough. Many nights, I will not go to bed. Not until I meet you. I've done that for seven years of my life. The biggest fights ever to get into the presence of God. Today, I can close my door in my room and say, Jesus, and He's there. No fight. No flesh being crucified he's there immediately why because of the years that I've came close enough you see with, with the Lord you develop you don't always start out as a newborn again child of God this is why I'm, I want to just hit your doctrine but I am not a sinner saved by grace 
I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Too many people run on the bandwagon. I'm a sinner saved by grace. When are you coming to the fullness of Christ? Come on, when are you developing your faith in the Lord? That you're no longer a sinner saved by grace. I was a sinner. That's not who I am today. I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Come on, I am what His Word says I am. The apple of His eye. The head and not the tail. You see, we have to develop ourselves in the Lord. Get close enough. And when you become close enough, He sees you as a friend. I want to do the last one. The victory of faith. Anything that you have to endure through life. Please hear me right now. Anything. doesn't matter what it is. If you're walking by faith, victory is secured. I'm going to say that again. Death, life, death, money. doesn't matter what you have to endure through life. Who walks out on your life, who hurts you, who abuses you, who speaks against you. doesn't matter what the attack is. If you have faith in your heart, victory is secured. Why do you think that God says He will vindicate you? Why do you think the Bible says, Be still and know that I am God? Because victory is secured. Faith is victory. Apparently, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to people that have never been through stuff. I'm speaking to the real people that goes through stuff. Doesn't matter what you go through. If you go through it with faith, the victory is yours. This is why no weapon formed against you will prosper. You didn't hear what I'm saying. The Bible doesn't say weapons will not form against you. It says it will form against you, but it will not prosper against you. Why? Because faith is victory. When you truly, truly a child of God, you lose your job, you are in victory. If you're a child of God, and you get a negative doctor's report, you are in victory. All things work together for the good of those who love God and is called according to His plans and purposes. All things, all things, all things works for my good. Do you get that? I don't know what we're going to do. I think Gabriel wants to slap you and say, shut up. You're talking yourself out of your miracle. And Paul and Silas was greatly, greatly threatened not to preach the name of Jesus. What happened to them? They were thrown in prison. I think about this. Paul wrote to the church of Philippians, the Philippian church. He wrote a letter from church or from, from prison to the church. And you know what he says? Rejoice always. And again I say, rejoice that he wrote while sitting in prison. It's not a place to rejoice. His body was in prison. But his spirit man was preaching the gospel. Am I speaking to you right now? His body was in prison. But he's not a slave to his emotions. He's a servant of the most high God. This is why even Paul in the midst of turmoil gave the church hope. The church was supposed to encourage Paul. Paul comes and encourages the church in prison. And he says, rejoice in the Lord. This means you rejoice when it's bad. You rejoice when you're sick. Come on, you rejoice in loss. You rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. You have to get up out of your bed every morning. Dance for at least three minutes. Full. Rejoice in the Lord. I said rejoice in the Lord. They put Paul and Silas in prison. The Bible says they put prison guards all around them. In the inner prison, Paul found a time to praise and worship God. To put his faith, or let me rephrase that, to put his mouth where his heart is. He didn't say, oh sorry, I won't ever do it again. He sang, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me. The world behind me. The 
cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back, no turning back. Oh, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I can just imagine this. The jailers was listening to, to Paul. <laughs> I can just imagine. As the jailers were listening to Paul. I have decided. Here goes the jailer. I can imagine he tells his friend, music moves me. It moves me ugly, but it moves me. Don't you care? They're going to kill us. Well, I'm on my way to heaven. And the journey gets sweeter every day. He didn't care about death. Because he knew faith. He's got victory. You didn't get this. Stop preaching Jesus. Jesus got a hold of my life. And he won't let me go home. Jesus came into my heart, down into my soul. I used to be oh so sad, but now I'm free and glad. Jesus got a hold of my life and He won't let me go. Stop preaching the gospel. Well, Jesus got a hold of my life and He won't let me go. Whoa. Jesus came into my heart, down into my soul. Well, I used to be oh so sad. Now I'm free and glad. Jesus got a hold of my life and He won't let me go. Why are you so happy? Because Jesus got a hold of my life and He won't let me go. Oh, Jesus came into my heart, down into my soul. Well, I used to be oh so sad, but now I'm free and glad. Jesus got a hold of my life, and He won't let me go. Come on, you tell your problems. Well, Jesus got a hold of my life, and He won't let me go. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Jesus came into my heart, down into my soul. used to be oh so sad but now I'm free and glad Jesus got a hold of my life and he won't let me go come on you better sing that Jesus oh Jesus got a hold of my life and he won't let me go Jesus came into my heart down into my soul I used to be sad I used to be oh so sad But now I'm free and glad Cause Jesus got a hold of my life And He won't let me go Jesus got a hold of my life And He won't let me go He will never let you go Jesus came into my heart down into my soul I used to in the old life I used to be oh so sad but now thank God I'm free and glad Jesus got a hold of my life and he won't let me go come on give him a shout if Jesus got a hold of your life give him a shout of praise come on if Jesus has your heart your soul, give him a shout of praise in this place. Whoa. Come on, give him glory, give him glory. Thank you, Jesus.
Praise God. Jesus got a hold of my life. And He won't let me go. Jesus came into my heart. Down into my soul. I used to be oh so sad. But thank God. Now I'm free and glad. Jesus got a hold of my life. And He won't let me go. Because me and Jesus, we got a whole thing going. Me and Jesus, we got it all worked out. Amen. I said, Amen. When Jesus got a hold of your life, you don't get your joy through this world. I told, I told my dad uh, before the service started, I said, listen, I feel like Paul. There's a desire in me to go to heaven and be with the Lord. But it's better for your sake if I stay here. But, but I'm tired of this place. I'm telling you, let, let me just say that. There's nothing in this world. I said there's nothing in this world. So my prayer is, Jesus come. Jesus come. I think this must be the prayer of this church. Every day of our lives, we have to remind ourselves to pray that Jesus will come back. I know that Paul says that we have to run the race. But this race, is, it seems like it's forever. I'm telling you today, the only thing on my mind the last five, six weeks of my life is heaven. And I don't, I'm not talking to you about being so heavenly minded, you're earthly no good. I'm just telling you that the last couple of weeks of my life, eternity has been in my heart so much. I normally, I used to thank God for using me, and I, I still do. But the thing that gets me is knowing that my name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That God chose me before the foundations of the earth. I didn't choose Him. Think about how special He sees me. How special He sees you. That you didn't choose Him. He chose you. He chose you. If I, I, if I have to think about this. My God. Nothing in this world is worth you going to hell for. Nothing. Nothing is worth you going to hell for. I'm telling you right now, you're going to see it in the next two, three minutes. The presence of the Lord is going to shift through this place. Hear me, I sense the Lord. Can you do me a favor? Can you lift your hands with me? Come on right now. Even so, come Lord Jesus, come. Come Lord Jesus, come. Remember, you want to experience Him right now? You can't just sit on your blessed assurance. You have to tell yourself, I'm going to have to get close enough. I'm going to have to touch that hem of His garment. Don't wait for anything or anybody. Say, Lord, I want an encounter with you. I want you to change me. Jesus, I want you to take a hold of my life. I don't want you to let me go. I don't want to feel the sadness no more. I want you to pull out the pain and the sadness and fill me with your joy. Fill me with your peace. 